Welcome to Sports Spectrum, the sports and faith podcast that brings Jesus back into the conversation. Here's your host, Jason Romano. This episode of the Sports Spectrum podcast with Pro Football Hall of Famer Tony Dungy is brought to you by Compassion International. For $38 a month, you can release a child from poverty through the great work being done by Compassion International. The website is Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. Your chance to sponsor a child. And listen, Compassion sponsors like you and me are helping 1.8 million children in 25 countries be released from poverty. Think about it. Food, education, medical care, vocational training, all done in the name of Jesus. That's where your $38 goes every single month. And Compassion is the most trusted child development ministry in the world. Over 150,000 children choosing to follow Jesus Christ in the last year alone and being discipled in the Word of God, every single child, through the great work being done by Compassion International. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum, Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum, and sponsor a child today. Today's guest on the podcast, Coach Tony Dungy, the Pro Football Hall of Famer and NBC Sports Analyst, joins us here on the show today. And this is one of those podcasts that I'm really excited about because he's been on our bucket list for a while, Coach Dungy, and I'm actually looking at it, surprised that we haven't had him on yet, and finally we get to have him. And this is his first appearance here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. And Tony Dungy, if, if you don't know who Coach Dungy is, was an NFL head coach for many years with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Indianapolis Colts. Before that, an assistant in the NFL with Pittsburgh and Kansas City and Minnesota, and even a player way back in the day with the Pittsburgh Steelers where he won a Super Bowl as a player, Super Bowl thirteen in January 1979. Of course, the first black head coach to ever win a Super Bowl with the Colts, Super Bowl 41, back in January of 2007. He was inducted into the Colts Ring of Honor in 2010, the Buccaneers Ring of Honor in 2018, this past season, and of course the Pro Football Hall of Fame induction in 2016. And Coach Dungy isn't just known for his analyst work on television or for being a Pro Football Hall of Fame coach, but he's also a best-selling author. And he has many books that have hit the New York Times best-selling list. And his latest is called The Soul of a Team, a modern-day fable for winning teamwork. And that's where we begin our conversation here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast today. Really great stuff here from Tony Dungy. Not surprising. Very excited to have him on the show. So let's take a listen to our conversation with Pro Football Hall of Fame coach and NBC Sports analyst Tony Dungy here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Tony Dungy, welcome to Sports Spectrum. How are you, sir? Hey, Jason. I'm doing well. It's always good to be with you. Yeah, we're really excited to have you here. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. And let's start with the new book, The Soul of a Team. It's in stores everywhere right now. And your previous books have made a a big difference in so many people's lives, especially mine, with Quiet Strength and Uncommon and The Mentor Leader. And now you dive into the fictional world, well, sort of fictional world, with a fable called The Soul of a Team, a modern-day fable for winning teamwork. Share with us what The Soul of a Team is and why you decided to write this book. Well, uh, ever since I retired, I've I've gotten a lot of requests to come and speak to uh, teams, uh, high schools, um, business settings, 
churches talk about putting together a winning program. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, you talk about team building and what it takes to bring individuals together. Uh, that's what the book is about. That's what we wanted to write about. And so we, Nathan Whitaker and I, who wrote it with me, we, we talked about what's the best way to do this. And uh, we, we thought a fictional story that we could intersperse uh, some things that actually happened and tell it kind of like a parable, like Jesus would do. And here's uh, some examples that you can gain from a story that has a lot of uh, factual background. Yeah, I read an advanced copy. It was fantastic. And the four principles that are brought to light in the book, I won't give them away as we want we want to steer people towards reading the book, of course, but so much of it surrounds culture and sacrifice and putting we above me. Can you tell us how important that is, not just for football teams, but in all walks of life to kind of live in a in a way like that with a team? That is the key to having a successful group, whether it's a family, whether it's a team, whether it's a, a business department. You've got to bring people who have diverse backgrounds, bring them together and get them to put the good of the group ahead of their own individual desires. And that's difficult because we're creatures with human nature and God put inside us that, that survival instinct and what's good for me, what's going to help me grow, that's in all of us. And we have to fight through that and we have to figure out ways to get people to not discard that totally, but say, in this setting, I've got to put those ideas below the good of the team. And that's how you build a successful group. Coach, so much of what today is about, especially with the social media world, is look at me, look at what I've done. And as a former coach, I'm curious to ask you, how do you think leaders can handle the social media marketing world, of, especially with athletes today, and still get them to buy into putting the team first and getting to the, the soul of a team? That's the challenge. You have to try to um, get them to grasp that there's something more than uh, individual accomplishments. There's even something more than winning, and that's where the – the L, we won't give everything away, but the L in soul is for a larger purpose. And how do you communicate that? What's, what's the bigger purpose? I remember when I came to Tampa, uh, the first team meeting I had with, with our, our team in 1996, I said, hey, we want to win a Super Bowl. That's why I was hired. But if that's all we do, you know, it won't be remembered for a long time. You guys will enjoy the rings. You'll enjoy the money. But eventually that is going to fade away. What's going to uh, you know, last is how we do it. And if we do it to the best of our ability, we do it as a team, we do it by making the community proud of us, we make Tampa a better place to live, we have a group of young men that, that everybody in the community can look up to and little kids can say, you know, I want to be like this player or that player. That's got to be our goal. And uh, when you sell it that way and you get people to think about those kind of things, as opposed to just, hey, we need to win, we need to get a ring, we need to get the, the, the playoff check. Uh, it seems to be a longer-lasting and a stronger motivation. Tony Dungy's our guest here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast, the Pro Football Hall of Fame coach, NBC Sports Analyst, and, of course, the book, again, is called The Soul of a Team, and it's out now everywhere. Books are sold. Coach, I wonder, this is a faith and sports podcast, obviously the intersection of sports and faith. What does your walk with the Lord look like these days? So many no, so many people know you for being outspoken about your faith and being a follower of Christ, but how are you able to 
stay grounded in the Lord, especially coming off of what was a long football season and being connected to the Lord through the local church and different places like that. How how is your walk with the Lord look like these days? Well, it's been neat for me because not coaching does give me a chance to connect with my church a little more. And uh, I go to a church, Grace Family Church here in Tampa, and being involved in that, I'm actually leading a Wednesday night Bible study, which has been awesome. I've, I've learned so much uh, being the teacher. <laughs> you, you do learn quite a bit, but I've been able to grow and hear the sermons and hear the messages uh, year-round and not just uh, during the off-season. Uh, I'm involved with a couple of other Bible studies. I've got a great accountability group of four men um, in our church. We meet uh, every Saturday and talk about what's going on in our lives, how we're serving our families or how we're not, <laughs> and, you know, try to encourage each other. So uh, I've had that. Uh, that. That's been a big help. And um, I, I have. I, I feel like I've grown uh, even more so than when I was younger and when I was coaching. I've grown spiritually. Coach, what's the state of faith in the NFL right now, in your opinion, as opposed to 10, 20, going even back 40 years as a player for yourself? What do you think is the state of faith in the NFL? Are guys more outspoken about it now than then? What's that look like to you? I think we are a little bit better. We're growing more. It's, it's interesting you ask James Brown and I. Uh, James is the broadcaster for CBS, tremendous uh, Christian man. Of course. Uh, we're getting together on a project where we want to highlight some of the faith stories of NFL players. And uh, James is going to be at the Pro Bowl uh, this week. And at, at the Super Bowl next week, we're going to interview a number of players and talk about their faith. And it's there. Uh, it's definitely there. We're actually going to talk to three of our chaplains uh, who have been uh, 20, 25 years plus on the job and talk about what's different, what's better, how they're able to, to work with players uh, in a different way. And you're right, this age of social media and uh, staying connected, it helps in some ways, but in other ways it, it, it hurts a little bit. So we're going to talk through all that but I, I think it's strong the faith aspect is is tremendous i just got to meet patrick mahomes for the first time we had the chiefs playoff game uh against indianapolis and you know a dynamic young player who's, who's a strong christian and uh that part doesn't get talked about as much publicly it doesn't get talked about as much in the media but i think those strong christian guys are still there throughout the league Coach, how have you navigated that world of, you've done a wonderful job of kind of being a television analyst, you know, but never afraid of putting your faith out there and making it known, especially in social media, when a guy like Nick Foles does well and knowing that, hey, this guy has a faith in Christ and that's part of why he's successful in what he does. How how do you live out your faith like that in the workplace? I remember you asked me a question once when we spent time at ESPN about how I do that back then when I was still working there. And I wonder for you, how do you navigate that world of living in the world but not being ashamed, unashamed about your faith? Yeah, I, I think that's so important. I was really blessed. My parents brought me up that way. Uh, I came up with the Pittsburgh Steelers in the 70s. We had a group of strong Christian guys who were not afraid to uh, express their faith and show their faith uh, while we were playing, and th those were great examples for me. And then um, I actually got to spend some time with Tony Evans uh, down in Dallas, 
Yeah. And I remember him saying something that just stuck with me ever since then. And, and he said, you know, I have to be a Christian first. Uh, and then whatever else describes me comes after that. So I happen to be a Christian pastor. I'm a Christian who lives in Dallas. I'm a Christian this. I'm a Christian that. But my identity is always going to be Christ first. And as I thought about that, I said, that, that's the way I would want to be described. I, I, I was a Christian player. Uh, then I became a Christian coach, and now I'm a Christian broadcaster, and I'm a Christian father and a Christian husband. But I can't separate that. And so when I went to work for NBC, uh, I became a, an analyst and a broadcaster, but uh, I can't leave the Christian part behind at all. And I think everybody at my office knows that. It's not something that I'm going to be antagonistic about, but everybody's got to know where I stand. And um, I think that's really, really important. Did you ever get any pushback from any walk of your career, both in football or in broadcasting? because of how outspoken you are about your faith? Uh, not meaningful. You know, you'd have the fans who say, I, I wish you'd be more focused on winning games than you are about spreading this gospel message. I have people that write in now, especially on social media. You mentioned the Super Bowl and Nick Foles, and, and I wrote about Nick's faith and people saying, well, how can you bring that into a broadcast? You're supposed to be impartial and, uh, you know, I, it gives me an opportunity to say, hey, I, I'm just reporting. This is what Nick Foles told me uh, and why he thinks his faith helps him play better. And I'm doing uh, my duty reporting that uh, because that's that's what I was told. So I would get that kind of pushback, but I've never gotten pushback from NBC saying, hey, you shouldn't talk about that or we don't want you to talk about your faith on the, on the air. I never got any pushback from uh, my employers, when I was in the National Football League, now maybe I didn't get hired in some jobs or didn't get considered uh, because of that, but the people I worked for, the Buccaneers, the, the Colts, the Steelers, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, never uh, did I experience any, any pushback at all. Tony Dungy's our guest here on the podcast. Coach, I want to go back to February 4th, 2007, and the Colts win it all. And it's one of the great, you know, moments, obviously, in Colts history, your your Super Bowl, becoming the first black coach to to win a Super Bowl. And when you went on that podium after winning Super Bowl 41 and you recognized the platform that you want, you were on by pointing people back to Christ. And you said something poignant that I thought you might be able to elaborate on here on the podcast. You said that you were proud to win doing it, quote, the Lord's way. So share with our viewers and maybe it's a generic question in that sense, but what do you mean when you, exactly when you say you can win doing it the Lord's way? Um, I, I, that comment went back to uh, a job that I didn't get, Jason. I interviewed for a job. I was talking with the owner of a, a National Football League team, and he was asking about my offensive philosophy, my defensive philosophy, how I was going to do things. And then at the end of the interview, he said, uh, I just had one more question. He said, I understand you don't yell and scream. You don't raise your voice. You don't use profanity. How are you going to get players to respond? How are you going to keep people in line? How are you going to do this? And I said, well, probably just the way my dad did with me. He showed me that he loved me. He demonstrated that he had my best interest at heart. I understood he knew what he was talking about. So I followed him out of respect, and I followed him because I loved him and because I knew he cared about me. And that's just the way I do it with my players. 
and I think I'll get that type of mutual respect, and they won't want to disappoint me. And that owner looked right across the table at me and he said, I don't think that'll work in the National Football League. Hmm. And so I didn't get that job, and I had to ask some of my peers, you know, I, I don't know what I could do differently. That's the way I am. And Tom Lanphier was our chaplain at the time with the Minnesota Vikings. And he said, don't change. Stay true to your convictions. God will put you in the right spot. So I, I never did change. I ended up getting hired by the Buccaneers a couple of years later. And I kept that philosophy. And that's the way I ran my teams. That's the way I disciplined. That's the way I ran my life. And I was very motivated to show people that you could win in the National Football League or any other place. Uh, like that and, and do it what I felt was the Lord's way. Coach, you've been out of the game now almost a decade from coaching. Is is that model still something that works today? Can that still work in today's NFL? Absolutely, it does. Um, I was one of the most gratifying things that happened to me. One of the equipment men of the Colts uh, this past year told Andrew Luck, he said, you, you never played for Coach Dungey, but you're getting to see what it's like because Coach Reich is just like Coach Dungey. Right. And I thought that was a great compliment, and Frank Reich did a tremendous job. Uh, he got the job under tough circumstances. He wasn't uh, even the favorite for the job. Uh, got it when someone else changed their mind at the last minute and backed out. But uh, he got many, many votes for Coach of the Year uh, from taking the Colts uh, to the playoffs in his first season and coaching with those biblical principles and coaching with mutual respect and uh, doing things in a way that would glorify the Lord. So it it certainly does work. And uh, I've seen a number of men do that and lead their teams that way. And it's just as much in vogue now uh, as as ever. And it, it works when given the opportunity. Coach, I know you sign many autographs for different people, and I even have when you signed the book for me a couple of years ago when we were at ESPN, and you signed it with a scripture verse. And I just wonder when you sign if you have a – this is always just a, a random question I think I have. Do you have a specific verse that you always sign with, or is there a couple different verses that you kind of um, you know, live by that you kind of share when you're signing autographs? Well, some of the books that I've written are based on particular scriptures. A book I wrote called Uncommon is based on Jesus in the Sermon on the Mountain saying there's a broad road and a big highway and many people are on it, and there's a narrow road that not many people find that's the uncommon way to go. Uh, and so if I sign that book, I'll sign Matthew 7. 13 and 14. Okay. But if I'm just signing a generic, my name, I put Matthew 16, 26. It's a verse that my mom drilled into me when I was a young kid. And it's so applicable, I think, to the NFL and, and to life. What would it profit a man to gain the whole world if he forfeits his soul? And my mother always talked about doing things the right way. And it didn't matter what you did, if you were honoring the Lord and you had that faith, you were going to be a success. But you could have everything in the world, and if you don't have a relationship with God, it won't matter if you forfeit your soul at the end of life. And that's something that I heard her say. I kind of understood it. But when I got to the National Football League, unfortunately, I saw it firsthand. I saw a lot of people 
who had everything you could ask for from a worldly standpoint. They had money, they had fame, they had accolades, they had Super Bowl rings, uh, but they didn't have that relationship with Christ, and it, you could see the problems that that presented. Um, and, and so when I saw that firsthand over a number of years, it just hit me even more. And that when I talk to young people especially, and they'll ask about that, well, what does that mean? Uh, I can relate that, hey, you can be at the top of the mountain in the NFL, and maybe you're thinking of wanting to play and be on television and be a star. You can have all that, and it won't be fulfilling, and it won't help you spiritually. It won't help you emotionally if you don't have the right relationship with Christ. So good. That's really good. A couple more questions here with Coach Dungy on the podcast. I want to ask you just a couple football questions, Coach. Obviously, the Super Bowl is coming up very soon, the Rams and the Patriots. The Patriots, again, three straight years of making the Super Bowl. It's pretty incredible. How do you see this game, and what's what matchups, maybe something different than the regular fan is going to be watching? What are you looking at at this matchup that the, is the key that it may be something that we're not keeping our eye on that we should? Well, whenever you play the Patriots, um, Bill Belichick doesn't have – he doesn't use the same game plan week in and week out. He looks at the team he's playing. He tailors everything to attack them. So the Rams are going to see some different things than they've seen the entire year from the Patriots. And the key will be how quickly and how well they adjust. Um, we always felt like, boy, you got to hang in there, get through the first quarter. Now you'll know what the New England team is doing, and then how do you counterattack? We saw that with the Chiefs. They're down 14 nothing at halftime. And really, Andy Reid and his staff did a great job of going in the locker room and said, here's what they're doing, here's what we have to do. They scored 31 points in the second half, but it's hard to dig that deep of a hole. So how quickly Sean McVay can figure out, okay, this is what they're doing, this is how we've got to attack, how they can counterattack and get back in the game. I think the Patriots will take an early lead, and then it's up to the Rams to regroup and adjust quickly. What is this week like as a coach going through it? You went through it with the, the 2006 Colts. It's just, are you able to kind of keep things normal? Is that even possible with everything that's thrown at you during Super Bowl week? No, it's a totally different week and a different schedule. And that will be a challenge for the Rams and Sean McVay too. Bill Belichick's been through it, I think, eight times now. Uh, this will be Sean McVay's first time. You always try to tell your players, it's a football game, everything's the same. And for 17 games or 18 games, it is. Uh, you know, you have the same routine. You're playing either 1 o'clock or 4 o'clock. Maybe you play a night game. But the routine is the same. Well, at the Super Bowl, everything is different. You're traveling. You're on the road for a week. You've got different press conferences, different functions you have to attend. Um, rather than flying in the night before like you usually do for a game, you're there all week. And it is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. So you want to give the players a chance to experience that. Um, you know, how much do you let them out? When do you have a curfew? When do you set a curfew? Uh, how do you keep the concentration level high and keep them focused, but let them experience the beauty of the Super Bowl? And those are questions you have to ask. My first couple of days, we didn't have curfew. Uh, we, our Super Bowl was in Miami, Edger and James. I, I told him, hey, you take the guys, you've got them until Wednesday. I don't even <laughs> want to know where you're going. Don't tell me. Uh, 
<laughs> but Wednesday morning, we've got to come back and we've got to be dialed in, and that's when we'll start to tighten the screws and concentrate. Um, everybody does it a little differently, but you can't, you can't be there a whole week and not let the players have fun. So how do you keep that focus? That's a challenge for a first-time coach going there. Coach, looking back real quick, this will be the last football question on the Saints-Rams and the ending and the no-call pass interference. How do you think that's going to play out in the offseason? Is anything going to change by the rules? I mean, calls are missed all the time, but the importance of that call really changed the trajectory of that game. Uh, and obviously the Saints still had more football to play and had to stop the Rams, but how do you think that'll play out as far as replay and penalties and the officials? I hope we don't overreact. I hope we don't say, oh, we've got to replay this, now replay this category of penalty, or if it's something that's this egregious, we, we change it. What I would like to see and what I think we need to do is get full-time officials and uh, get those guys working all year and work on consistency of calls and that's the best way we can attack this. But to take a, an approach, well, for we had this one situation, so we've got to clear, clear this up. I think that's the wrong approach. Um, bad calls happen all the time. It is a game of people. So no matter how well you try to do it, there's going to be judgment calls, and there are going to be wrong calls. Uh, but you can't overreact to every situation. I would be upset if I was a Saints player or coach or a Saints fan, but we've all been through it. And you, you get over it and you come back the next year and you try to to, to do the best you can. But um, hopefully we don't overreact with some little changes. It's been great having Tony Dungy, the Pro Football Hall of Fame coach, here on the podcast. Coach, last question for you. We always ask this to all of our guests. What are you learning from God during this season of life where he has you right now? So much going on in your life, so much good stuff happening. Of course, the new book, The Soul of a Team, and everything else surrounding you and your family and football. What is God teaching you during this season of life? I think what I'm learning is that we're always going to be involved in spiritual battles, and you can't let your guard down. Um, I, I can think that, hey, this is going to be a more relaxing season in life for me. I'm retired. I'm not working. Uh, but on the spiritual side, you're always going to have those issues that you better be ready for. And if you're not praying regularly, you're not reading regularly, and communicating with the Lord, you're going to get tripped up. And so uh, I, I think that's what I'm learning, to stay in touch with the Lord and stay in tune with Him, uh, no matter how well you think things are going. The book is called The Soul of a Team. It's out now, and our guest has been Tony Dungy, the NBC Sports Analyst, Pro Football Hall of Fame coach. Tony, thank you so much for being here on the show. Uh, it's always a pleasure catching up with you, and uh, we wish you nothing but the best with the book and everything else going forward. Thanks again. Hey, thank you, Jason. It's always a pleasure being with you. Enjoy your work, and uh, just appreciate you, brother. Great stuff there from Tony Dungy, the Hall of Fame football coach, pro football Hall of Famer, and NBC sports analyst. The new book, again, is called The Soul of a Team, a modern-day fable for winning teamwork, and it's great. I really enjoyed reading it, and Tony Dungy's book, once again, as he has with his other books, is awesome. Highly recommend you pick it up. If you'd like to get a copy of this book, if you'd like to win a copy of this book, it's very simple. Leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts letting us know that you heard this interview with Coach Dungy. So go to the Apple iTunes podcast app, 
leave a review on the Sports Spectrum show site, and let us know that you heard Coach Dungy in the review, and you'll be entered to win a copy, free copy, of Coach Dungy's book, The Soul of a Team. I have a couple copies here, so I'm going to pick a couple winners, and I will send it to you directly from me here in Connecticut in a copy of The Soul of a Team, Coach Tony Dungy's latest book. I also want to share a quick story about Coach Dungy and the impact he had on my life. So back in 2010, he came to ESPN promoting his book, The Mentor Leader. And I was excited because I got to be assigned to walk Coach Dungy around and take him from show to show as he promoted the book on all of the different ESPN television shows and radio shows and podcasts, everything that ESPN had, we had Coach Dungy set up for. And he found out and knew that I was a Christian and his team of people with him, Jessica and Todd and Nathan Whitaker, co-author of this book, all great people and still friends to this day, were with him. And Coach Dungy asked me a very simple question a couple hours, maybe an hour into our day when he found out I was a Christian. He said, how do you live your faith out in the workplace here at ESPN? And so I turned that question around to him in the podcast, if you heard me ask that, But I didn't really explain why, because that question, when he asked it to me, really made me think about how I live my life as a Christian. Am I a Christian wherever I go, or was I not? And in many ways, I wasn't for a time being at ESPN. I was a guy who went to work and was a producer, but I didn't bring my faith with me into the workplace. And it was that day in August of 2010 that Coach Dungy asked me that question, that changed my life and really made me think about how I live for the Lord everywhere I am, both at work, at home, wherever I go. I want to have Jesus be the centerpiece of my life and not just a piece of my life. So I, I share that story all the time when I do talks now and when I speak around the country, even in my forthcoming book that I'm working on, it's going to be in there. Just a real large impact on my life is what Tony Dungy made by asking one simple question. So I'm truly grateful to him for for doing that for me personally. And uh, we're also grateful for him to come on this podcast and talk about what he talked about. Really great stuff. Give him a follow on Twitter at Tony Dungy. And of course, let him know that you heard this interview on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. We also want to thank our sponsors, Compassion International. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum for $38 a month. You can release a child from poverty and provide a child with hope through Compassion International, the most trusted child development ministry in the world, food, education, medical care, and vocational training. Every child deserves that. Every child discipled in the name of Jesus. That's where your $38 goes when you sponsor a child through Compassion International. Again, here's the website, Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum, Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum, and sponsor a child today. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the podcast with Tony Dungy. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at sports underscore spectrum. And of course, you can reach us on our YouTube channel, subscribing there, and all of our content at sportspectrum.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Have a great rest of your day.